0: Welcome back to the Shardbreaker Podcast. I am Midnight, the host, and I am here with Darkness.
1: Hello.
0: And Mythic.
1: I am the real host.
0: And this is episode two of our Arcanum Unbounded. We are finishing off the Emperor's Soul, and then we are reading uh, The Hope of Atlantis After that, that finishes off the cellish system for this book. Uh, this Wait, we're,
1: we're in the cell games?
0: The cellish system.
1: Yeah, cell games.
0: No. All right. So let's go straight into it. Day 76. Shy thinks that she could go today as the blood sealer cuts her arm. She had realized that the blood sealer was getting letters and was woken up each morning on the days he was on time by receiving them. She casually asks him about the woman from his home country and he hangri- angrily hisses to leave her alone. Shy realizes that he is much younger than she had initially thought as he calls her forging trickery and magic, to which she replies that he is the one who sends skeletal creatures after people. The blood sealer throws his hands up in the air before stamping the door and leaving. Shai thinks that she needs to drop her fake letter now, but she hesitates as she thinks about how the Emperor's Soul isn't finished yet, and then loses her chance at dropping the fake letter. Shai wants to finish the Emperor's Soul, but also knows that as she draws closer to the deadline, it is more likely that the other forger will be able to finish her work based on her notes that Frava keeps taking to inspect. Although the more she worked, the more she realized how impossible the task was. But she still longed to complete it. She goes through the Emperor's journal, reading his early years, before becoming frustrated that she is starting to become fond of the Emperor due to reading about him so much. Uh, so what do you think about Shai's need to complete this almost impossible task uh, and that keeping her from potentially escaping?
2: Perfectionist. I mean, I figured it would work out, lucky. Like, she seemed determined enough. Mm. I just... I didn't expect it to go as smoothly as it did, though. Like, I expected, like, her to get caught, like, the whole plan to just, like, you know, derail. She only had 100 days, so I don't
0: know. Uh, So we then skip forward six hours to Shy placing a stamp on the wall as Gautona and Zoo come into the room. Beautiful mural overtakes the wall and Shy notes that there are actually three Beautiful stamps what? Mural.
1: Oh, okay. I heard moral. I'm like, no, why? Mural. <laughs> Walls don't have morals, sorry. I mean, maybe well, they do. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't she say? like? <laughs> oh, has no morals. <laughs>
0: um. Hmm. But yeah, she knows that there are actually three stamps that went into this forgery. Gautona asks how she did it, and she explains that there had been a sick painter that had stayed in the room above for a time, and she had made it so that he had stayed in this room instead, and had painted the wall to pass the time of his sickness. Gautona insists that this is too improbable to have worked, but Shai asks if Gautona was the wall, would he rather be dull or beautiful, insisting that the wall has Uh feelings and wants. Uh, Gautona also briefly says that Shai's people are the same as the Jindo, but Shai corrects him that they are distantly related and not the same people. Gowatona then glances around at all the parts of the room that Shai has forged and improved. And notes that she likely has the nicest room in the palace, even nicer than the Emperor's, even though he has the biggest room in the palace. He then glances down at the stamps on the new mural and notes that she uh, had put into it how the painting should look. Shai replies that it's important to have a level of technical skill in what you are forging in order to make a realistic forgery. Gowatona says she could have painted the mural herself if she had asked for paints. Shai insists that she is a forger. Although Gowatona says- They would says have given that... her paints? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Although Gaetano says just as the wall desires to be beautiful, she could desire to be a great painter. Uh, what do you think about Shai choosing to make the mural using forgery instead of painting it herself?
2: Well, it makes well, sense yeah, considering that would, she considers would... like the pay- like like the 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 forgery her like own art, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like still, so, isn't she like a prisoner? They would give her paints. <laughs> like, I
0: mean, what? they have, they give her soul stamps, which are way more dangerous.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say she has to. Like, that's because, because they need something. From, but that's because they mm. need something from her.
0: I mean, like, says he would have given her the paints.
1: Yeah, but I mean, what logical person would have been like? Yeah, it will give me paint. Like, oh, they're gonna look at you and be like, "What? You're you're here for a job. Do your damn job."
0: Yeah.
2: That's true. They did gave give her like a bunch of fucking like freedom to just like modify her fucking cell or whatever what? her room.
0: Well, I don't know if they gave her technically the freedom to do it. She kind of just like looked like well, she was probably her. working, and then she stamped the object, and they're like, "Well, it's done now."
2: Well. They technically let her, like, you know? It's not like they didn't have guards the whole fucking time. Yeah, but she's supposed to be working on the stamp the whole time. Yeah, they don't yeah. know what she's, she's working on. on. Yeah, she's been working on a stamp. I don't know if she stamps a wall, you know? <laughs> I, I fucking love the idea of just going around stamping people in the forehead.
0: <laughs> uh, so Shai gets angry, slamming her stamp down on the table, and Gautama notes that she has temper issues like the Emperor. Shai knows that Gawatona has gotten good at reading stamps and he brings out her Essence Mark Box, which does not have the stamps in it, and mentions he's been studying her Essence Marks to learn more about forgery. He mentions one of her stamps would make her into a warrior. He also notes that one makes her a good survivalist and then another for making her a scholar, which he explains lets her know lots of languages and about cultures and science and math and politics. Another makes her a beggar, and Shai does not explain how it lets her understand the ways of the Underworld along with changing her appearance drastically. Uh, so what did you think of these first four Essence Marks?
2: At that point, I was wondering, like, they say she changed her thing already, right? Once. She's changed her soul before. Yeah. Yeah. What was the original?
0: Um, We don't know. She could be currently the original because she might have done the thing where, like, she stamps herself and then takes off the, the stamp later like she does later in this.
2: Yeah, but, like, like, would she even know if she's the original right now? If that was her plan? You know what I mean? Um, she probably that's would because she have to keep stamping
0: herself. She wasn't.
2: That's the. That's sure, the I'm sure you could make yourself forget, like. But if she was know, stamping she herself each day,
0: and she made sure to keep the stamp information, like the forgery information, she would realize. I'm sorry, you I'm think so? Because,
2: I thought,
1: um, that yeah, one, yeah, the one. She was like, she made it a, a thing where she could, uh, it would like subconsciously she would have yeah. to you know, want to continue to put more another one on every time
0: i mean she could but but also like just like how i think later the emperor kind of realizes like oh there must have been something wrong with my mind not my body i feel like she's smart enough that she would probably eventually realize
2: i guess but even so like she could just not be mentioning the fact that like that's not her true self
0: the also question is i'm pretty sure like 'Cause she mentions at one point that she wouldn't be able to test the stamps on herself. Like they first of all they wouldn't take, but also she doesn't think they'd let her because they don't want her to escape. I don't think over these ninety something days she'd be able to stamp herself every day. They wouldn't be letting her.
1: That's true. They let her stamp the room. Like they're definitely not. Really- oh, you're stamp right. To-, to be fair, that's true.
2: They're definitely watching her like a hawker, uh huh. Because if if she can just like slip a stamp on a wall, why couldn't she just slip a stamp on herself? I don't. Know. Like I, I feel like stamping
0: herself would be they'd be watching for a lot more closely than stamping the wall.
2: But they would have to be watching constantly, which means they're just letting her stamp the room.
0: I mean, I'm she. She says she's befriended the guards. She she. They probably are letting her.
2: These guards need to be fired. They really do.
0: Where was I? Oh yeah, so the, uh, and then the, the final essence mark has knowledge of farming and sewing, and Shai explains how it could overwrite all of her forager training in case she ever wanted a way out. Shai also admits that the aunt and uncle that she keeps referencing are fake and are written into the stamp as well. It also will make her think that she has an illness, and that is why she needs to place a stamp on herself each day. She will also be afraid of traveling so that she will not try to visit her fake aunt and uncle. Shai has apparently written hundreds of letters uh, so that uh, that if she decides to use that stamp, she will pay a delivery person to send periodically. She doesn't want to ever use that stamp, but sometimes the temptation of a simpler life is there. What do you think about her potentially having like this way out of the forgery life?
2: Just sounds dumb. I even Honestly, resources. as much as I would want a simple life and like to be done with all that shit, I would not take away like my ability to do all that. I think I would, I don't know, these stamps me, I don't think I could handle using these stamps in general. Because, like, the ability to, like, do that, like, just change your soul, and like, oh my god, I sound like one of them. Like the, <laughs> the grants de- or whatever. If you
0: could cure depression, though, and stuff, through stamping yourself every no, day. No, but then that's
2: not me. Mm. Darkness. Darkness. What like, I don't can... want to lose, like, a, a, like, it's like scary you losing a part of yourself even if it's like a bad part i don't know i'd stamp i'm a better impression. become a better person
1: darkness oh my god i'll, I'll like it, stamp other I people mean, to become better i mean what if, what if what if midnight what if you could stamp yourself so that you would be a good streamer
0: wow that's fucked up
1: <laughs> or stamp yourself so you could be you know five foot instead of four foot
0: but if you could stamp yourself so that you didn't have a mouth anymore
1: oh that would be cool as <laughs> shit i kind of want to do that <laughs>
0: Um, also, what do you think about her aunt and uncle being fake? Because she's been, like, referencing, especially, like, her uncle, like, this whole time.
1: Because
2: they just live somewhere else. She can't visit them.
0: They're completely fake.
2: I know. Man, I was going with her story, you know?
0: But that's not, she's not stamped like that right now.
2: It, no, but but like, is she, though? You never know. <laughs> what if she is actually stamped? What if the stamp lasts forever now? <laughs> She's she's just just what if she figured it out? What if she figured it out, eh? Right? And then she's like, "Oh, I don't need to stamp myself every day anymore." And yeah, she it's just herself always. with it, and now she doesn't have to stamp herself. Yeah, wait, she doesn't realize didn't it. The,
1: didn't the one guy say that you know, like uh, every time he was stamped, he was kind of like starting to become more like the uh, one guy? Um.
2: No. I think it was more like he was afraid that it was like he was
0: afraid he was gonna get changed. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah and also like it was he he understood it more like him. he understood more of like how and why things were being felt that way. Mm-hmm. So it changed his perspective more than like it changed himself.
0: Yeah. They also theorized saying. that the emperor might need to stop being stamped eventually one day, but they they didn't know for sure.
2: You make your... wait. You can ch- you you do change your physical appearance, right? Can yes. you stamp yourself? Can you make yourself younger? I don't know. Because immortality would be great that way.
0: <laughs> you could probably make yourself a couple years younger, but I don't know if you could make yourself.
2: It has to be. I think... it has to be
1: within reason. Cause yeah, so it'd be like, oh, maybe
0: your parents decide to have like a kid like a year later or something. Like that would probably be probable, but not like twenty or fifty years, because you'd have to have completely different
2: parents. What if your mom cheated? <laughs> um, I was uh. I was going to say, um, that, that sounds more like a, what do they call them? The fucking, the other word they have for the forgers that help, like, heal and all that.
0: Oh, the resealers?
2: And, yeah. Uh, no. That sounds more like a them type of thing. Because they're focused on, like, the body and all that.
0: Um. So Shire then blurts out that she was hired to destroy the painting by the artist himself. He was going blind and had the, had painted the painting for a lover who was long dead. He also hated the Empire and hated that the children of his lover had sold it to the Empire. He didn't want it back, just wanted it gone from the Empire's hands. So Shy had burned it. Yaotona is not happy about this, saying it was prideful of the painter and that the painting had belonged to the Empire. That he does understand somewhat. Shai also mentions how the painter had taught her painting in her youth. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that the reason Shai destroyed that painting was because the painter had hired her to do so?
2: I get it. And low-key, the fact that he didn't... um. He didn't, like, agree. Kind of pissed me off, because, like, it's not even his to begin with. I agree. I think the painter is in the right, my opinion, but... Mm
0: -hmm. It's his painting. He can do with it it what he wants.
1: exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever heard of the Banksy painting, where when it sold, it started shredding itself.
0: Oh, I think I did hear about that. Yeah,
1: because Banksy never wanted, like, his stuff sold, so uh, he made the contraption in the... Uh, picture frame or whatever, and the moment that it was sold, it would uh, like start shredding itself. And that, now that. it's becoming, and now it's becoming an even bigger looking like, painting. So like it, it's even more, it's more expensive now. <laughs> I would do that though. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I thought that was a really neat idea.
0: Uh, so I then test six stamps on. the girl and the,
1: the girl with the balloon or something. I don't remember exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't know what. I don't remember what painting it was, but I do remember briefly hearing about that a while ago. Uh, so Shai then tests six stamps on Gautona, all of which worked as she expected. She then tells Gautona that she is done testing stamps, and she needs to do the hardest part, putting them all together and creating the linchpin stamp. She states that last time it took her over five months, and she only has 24 days left. Gautona says he will leave her to it, and leaves the room. Day 85. We move to Shai scrambling around her room in bed, stacking papers and going through notes about the Emperor's love life and romantic inclinations. She adds more to her notes for the stamp and fills in some guesswork on things that are not public, since uh, he had not always been the Emperor. She had two books of notes now, one that claimed she was horribly behind, and one disguised as a stack of haphazard notes on paper. She goes through her notes, as she notices uh, some of them explaining her escape plans. She wasn't completely ignoring her escape plans, but the Emperor's soul stamp took up most of her attention. She thinks that she will take one more week, finishing five days before the deadline, and then she will escape. Uh, so, considering that we know that the next chapter is twelve days later and only three days before the deadline, uh, do you think Shai uh, chose not to escape so that she could finish her work, or do you think that she just didn't have the chance to put her escape plan into action during that time?
1: I just think she's a perfectionist. She wanted to finish her work, so yeah. Look, yeah, I wanted her to finish it too. So yeah, I don't <laughs> want to say something's impossible, you know? I'm like, oh, I want to see you do it. <laughs> do see? the impossible.
0: Yeah. Especially when you're that close, too. You're like, I can't leave now. It's so close.
1: I don't know. I can't die now. If they kill me off right now, then I'm... everything's gone. I have to finish.
0: Day 97. Shy studies a striker named Hurley. He was brawny and acted dumber than he was so that he could win at cards. He also has two daughters and is cheating with a female guard. He secretly wished to be a carpenter like his father and would likely be horrified at how much Shy knew about him
1: i'm actually kind of surprised on how much how like right? she's able to get some of this information like you're in the middle of a, like basically a jail cell like how are you able to do this much research
2: on that's what i thought was oh, hard i feel yeah. like i
0: feel like the female guard that he's cheating with has to be like one of her other guards so th- and that's how she would know that and like yeah, maybe- but
1: how does he she, she knows so much about this person yeah like crazy it's like almost like the power itself is able to do that Just, Nah, bruce she's like cinderella
2: she talks to her rats <laughs> oh my
0: God. she she talks to the furniture not the rats
2: cinderella yeah cinderella. the walls have ears
0: <laughs> the furniture yeah. talks to her
1: i mean yeah it does that kind of surprised me how she knew that somebody above you know her was like Paint, had painted their room or
2: whatever. I was like, Wait, so you can't like you visualize any sort of like background information on the objects by just like studying them, or is it like? What do you mean? Like, like wise, it's not gonna give you any hints or anything.
0: No, I think. Oh, I think everything she figures out is through observation deduction.
2: That's crazy. Ain't no way I, she figured I that. Like, how it the ain't fuck no. gonna,
0: Well, she spent ninety seven days with these guards.
2: She's worse than like a Hispanic parent, bro. <laughs>
0: She's like a Because If she you know, everything. you know
2: they're the nosiest people.
0: <laughs>
2: I think you're uh, projecting
1: their darkness. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I guess I'll skip my next
2: question because uh, my, my question after like this paragraph just,
0: was gonna be uh were you surprised by how much I had figured out about the guard, but we've kind of discussed that now.
2: <laughs> you seem in that you just gotta ask me yeah, a
1: why, Yeah, right? Like I'm yeah, doing
0: damn. my best.
1: Like how are we anticipating your questions? Like, yeah, no, and man. it's like every podcast that we do. Oh, really. I don't know. It's almost sense. like we should be the hosts, and no. you should be the one that has to read chapter by chapter.
0: Uh, Hurley held up a piece of paper he had found on the ground right after the blood sealer had left. Shy felt like she had to start her plan to get out. She only needed one more day to work on the Emperor's soul. Yil, a female guard, notes that Weed Fingers, which is what they're calling uh, the blood sealer, must have dropped it. Hurley notes that this is a letter as both guards begin to read it. Shy sips on some tea and forces herself to relax. She had written the letter. That had some general fluff about the palace and the guards, that the guards would assume she didn't know, but the blood sealer would. As well as mentioning how the blood sealer is getting hair and fingernails from some warriors to bring back, to make them personal guards. Gil calls the blood sealer a kunukam, which roughly translates to a man with an anus for a mouth. Uh, And Shai asks to read the letter and tells him the man is likely just bragging to his brother and that they shouldn't worry. However, the two guards leave, and Shai thinks that they will rough the Blood Sealer up a bit, which will hopefully make him even more late than he normally would be, as this seemed like a day he'd go drinking. Shai almost feels sorry for the Blood Sealer until she thinks about the stamp that he puts on the door each day using her blood. She thinks that she needs to finish the stamp tonight. Ah, uh, so what do you think mm-hmm. of Shai's plan to cause the Blood Sealer to be extra late the next day?
1: I Great felt bad of... for him. I didn't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> I thought he was going to still show up, though. Mm. I was like, he's going to still uh... show up. He's gonna still show up. He's like hurt a little bit, but he's gonna still show up. He's gonna be more angry at her. <laughs> I I was honestly more angry at the guards because like she's a fucking forger. How did you even I, not yeah. think that?
2: That, and that when was they asked you, <laughs> oh my god, when <laughs> they brought- asked her, they were like they gave the head. She asked like, Yo. what is like, what does it say? And she they're just like, cute, look, this is what they say. Like you're gonna tell her that? Like okay, That's so crazy, yeah, They've grown
0: complacent because she's she's been acting all all good this whole time and like making friends with them
1: like that's yes, i mean in, in the beginning didn't the, didn't the one dude was like you know don't
2: fall for her trick blah 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 right yeah they, they like they warned them so much and they're just like oh. yeah here's yeah. like
0: they also are yeah. sure weren't supposed to talk to her at all
2: and they <laughs> definitely talked to her they've yeah. definitely
0: been talking to her i mean they just talked to literally her just
2: gave her more cheese member uh
0: day 98 Shai kneels on the floor, surrounded by scattered papers as morning light seeps in through the stained glass window. A soul stamp sat on a metal plate. She blinks tired eyes, knowing she has less than four hours of sleep in the last three days, and wonders if Escape can wait until she has rested. However, she knows if she does sleep, she will not wake up. During this last night, she had made some drastic changes to the soul stamp design and wouldn't know if these changes were due to fatigue delusions until the stamp was placed on the Emperor. Um, so yeah, were you surprised that Shai finished the soul stamp in time? Technically was two days to spare.
2: As no because no. i figured and i also wanted her to just try it out anyway so. mm-hmm.
0: also what do you think these drastic changes that she apparently made were do you have any ideas
2: well i know now but like yeah, but at I'm the, time, the time yeah at the time i figured like i figured it would be something that would like expose like what she did mm. but as, after like she escaped I thought it was going to be something like, you know... Kill each- kill everybody around here. Oh, Kill Krava, Fuck
0: her up.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Kill everyone but Kawatona.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good on, Father.
0: Uh, so one of the guards, both of whom had moved to the far side of the room... ...near the hearth to give her space to work... ...asked if she was done. The guards didn't know what the stamp was... ...so I says if they want to know about it... ...they need to ask Kawatona. She places the stamp and the metal medallion in a box... Which she prepared, and then brings out another box which has five stamps ready for her escape, two of which she had already used. Zou then enters the room, telling the two guards that he will be watching Shy until shift change. Shy lies and says that the stamp isn't ready yet, but Zou replies that it doesn't matter and he's here to settle things. Zou draws his sword and says that Frava has another forger and claims that Shy was likely planning to escape tomorrow, but he would kill her now. Zou lunges at her and Shy dodges barely, a slit being cut into her blouse. She runs around the bed to avoid him, and he jumps onto the bed, which promptly falls in, as Shai had put a step <laughs> on the bottom of it overnight to cause it to be fragile and broken, and also create a pit beneath the bed, uh, as yep. if water damage to the room had never been noticed instead of being fixed previously. Uh, so what do you think of Shai's plan to get away from the guards by creating this fragile bed in the pit?
2: Loved it. it was such a I was idea. laughing my ass off when she was running around the bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's like, oh yeah, I can't sleep in the bed. Cause she she mentions that very briefly earlier too. Yeah.
2: It's
0: like that's why <laughs> beds gonna fall in and you're gonna fall to the floor below. Uh, so Shai glances down to the pit before rushing to the table to grab her things. She grabs the box with her stamps, the box with the Emperor's stamps, and some extra soulstone and ink, her two notebooks. Shai throws the notebook she'd been giving to Frava into the hearth and then waits a few moments for the blood sealer stamp to finally blank out as he had not returned in time to renew it. Shai quickly rushes out into the hallway and presses her third stamp to her clothing to turn it into that of a servant's clothing for the palace. She then moves with a swift walk, adopting the air of someone who knows what they're doing and where they are going. Shai then makes her way to the Emperor's room, turning one of the urns in the hallway into a golden chamber pot. She gets past a guard by showing a piece of paper with a manually forged seal of Gautona's, glad that she had been able to convince him to use the security that she had suggested. Shai then makes her way through the Emperor's rooms, until she makes it to the locked bedroom door. She forges it using the same stamp she had used on the bed, which didn't hold for long, but it held long enough for her to kick the door down uh, to kick down the now fragile door uh so did you think Shai was gonna get herself caught by uh going to use the stamp on the emperor instead of just escaping?
2: No, I figured she had a plan so. yeah, also I was wondering, can you like mess with somebody else's seal?
0: You can pop it off. I don't think you can change it once it's uh
2: so like what if you like scrape it? like
0: (laughs) i think once it's there i don't think you can fuck with it like i it might just like
2: talking about the actual stamp though or are you talking about the seal itself well i don't know because i was thinking what if they put like a stamp on like the leg of a table and you just chop that fucking leg off and take it
0: (laughs) i mean i think if you chopped the leg of the chair or of the table off the leg would still have like say like it's her fancy table that she so that well, way you should be splintered and fucked up. The rest of the table would probably go back to the way it was, but the leg would probably stay fancy.
2: I see. She should have taken the fucking door, bro. <laughs> Just carry the door around.
0: Might have been a little little difficult.
2: <laughs> no, nah, it would have been fine. And nobody would question it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure no one would question her carrying around a door. <laughs> Good day.
2: Good day. Good
1: day. <laughs> carrying a fucking door.
0: <laughs> uh Shai makes her way to the Emperor, who is laying in his bed, staring up at the ceiling sightlessly. She whispers that she knows his soul and that she just wants him to be. Shai then inks the stamp and presses it into the upper arm of the Emperor. He blinks for a moment before mentioning that he was attacked and worrying about his wife who he saw die. Ashraven then asks who she is and she claims to be a resealer and explains that if he does not stamp himself every day, keep the metal disc near him at all times, he will die. She hesitates before handing over the stamp and metal disc. She also tells him the only arbit- that only the Arbiters know about this. He says she should have her killed, but he won't. Shai tells him to be better this time and then flees the room as the shouts outside get closer. Shai stumbles out with the chamber pot, exclaiming to the guard that she hadn't meant to see the Emperor and asks the shout is about her. The guard says it isn't and to hurry off to her room. Shai hurries away and then feels a pain at her side. She notices that her side is bleeding slightly from where Zhu attacked her and that the blood sealer must be using the blood from Zhu's sword to have his pets track her. So, what do you think about uh, the blood sealer getting some of her blood from uh, Zeus' sword?
2: I get adrenaline and all that, but like, how the fuck do you not realize you got stabbed <laughs> or like nicked with the sword? Like, still, I mean, really exactly like you said, adrenaline. I don't know if you've ever. I feel you like you, you would actually. Still feel it. I don't know, have you ever had an injury that
1: you didn't actually know you had an injury until you saw it, and then it I starts hurt? I have. But that was, like, a... T- those are, like, tiny scratches for you. Yeah, but it, it works on a, on pretty much any scale. If you don't notice that you are hurt, your brain doesn't realize that it is, and then you you can go for a while without actually noticing it.
0: Yeah, I've definitely had bruises and cuts where, like, I don't feel it until, like,
1: mm-hmm. I actually, like, it.
0: notice that I'm bleeding or bruised, and then I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, that really hurts. <laughs>
2: happens all the time also oh, when that was like happening the i know your soul all this shit i was like oh my god are they gonna kiss oh my god oh my goodness and then and then i was like when he woke up he was like my wife and i'm like fuck you are in the moment
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> my wife uh so shai tosses the urn that uh she had been using as the chamber pot to the side and then begins running and she knows if the skeleton pets find her she will die she needs to find a horse and stay ahead of the pets for 24 hours until her blood is stale. She hears Uncle Juan telling her in her head to always have a backup plan, and she did. She knows the main doors will be locked by now, so she begins doubling back the way she came. She silently prays to the unknown god as she runs that she is right about Gautona. She finds him near the emperor's rooms, and she tells him that the stamp worked. He asks why she came here and didn't just run right away, but she replies that she needed to know. Gaotona then brings out Shai's box of stamps and asks how she knew that he'd have them. How she manipulated to him, to which she replies that she manipulated him by being genuine, just as that is how he manipulates people. He says it isn't the same, and she replies that it was the best that she could manage. Gautona then says that he isn't on her side, but he doesn't want her killed, and to take the box of stamps and run. She hands over a notebook, and then tells Gautona that if she escapes, she will add to her final essence mark a kind grandfather who saved her life. Before she leaves, she again says that it worked. Uh, so were you surprised that Gautona had shy's essence marks with him and that he decided to let her escape?
1: No. Uh, I mean, not really. They, they kind of it had was thing literally, going. like, hinted at it. Yeah, they kind of had a thing going. He was very interested in her and all that shit. He was, like, trying to learn more about her. hmm I was honestly more... I was, like, thinking it was going to be like, he was going to be like, you're actually my granddaughter or something. You know, oh something gosh. stupid like
2: that. You know? I
0: mean, they're completely different races, so it'd be unlikely.
2: Uh, you know. Well, you know. You know that's not more a genetic thing, but yeah.
0: I mean, if she ever uses that one stamp, he will be seen as her grandfather.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: uh, so we briefly think Gao Gautono's point of view, as he thinks that the Rose Empire will be led by someone dead, and just hopes that he hasn't become a monster. We go back to Shai's point of view, as she rips off her shirt to reveal a black cotton shirt underneath. Servants scatter away from her as she moves through the palace, seeming to know to get out of her way. Shai takes uh. out one of her essence marks and slams it into her bicep. She becomes Zan, a woman who has trained with the Te'ulu Te- 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 people I'll for 15 years. There. It's hard for me to say the word. Te'ulu. <laughs> her body became hard At-taulu. and she slipped off her spectacles. She lost her forgery training but still remembered what she had done and knew that her new memories were fake, even if they didn't feel fake. Her hair shortened and a scar formed on her face as she prowled down the corridor.
1: That's crazy!
0: So what do you think of Shai's transformation into Shizan?
1: She's a fucking monster. I
2: don't like Shizan. You like Shaizan? No, I don't.
0: Oh, you don't like no. Shizan?
2: No. She's too full of herself. I see. I mean, for, good, for good reason, but okay.
0: <laughs> She's a fucking badass. Yeah,
2: nah, I that's just that's I the, don't know. I wish she could be. I don't. I don't like seeing her as a fighter.
0: <laughs> mm. You like scholar shy, not Shyzen. Yeah, yeah.
1: No,
2: I like I like the uh the beggar.
0: You like beggar shy?
2: <laughs> for some reason, every time I think of that, I is it the beggar, which is the one that's like bald and like. Spider? That's the beggar. That. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I keep thinking it's like a hitman penguin.
0: I always think of her looking kind of similar to the the like deadalantrians the like in their in between face. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: really? <laughs>
0: like hair falling out, skin all blotchy, like she's like
1: malnourished. Yeah. Best one for sure. Uh,
0: so then comes out of a room and tells her that the Blood Sealer is after her, but Shai cuts him off and smacks his wrist, breaking it and causing oh. him to drop his sword. She holds his throat and punches him in the chest, breaking six ribs.
1: Yeah! Badass.
0: <laughs> Zuu drops to the ground and Shai grabs his knife and tears off his cloak, taking it with her. White-limbed creatures then come down the hallway towards her, too thin there, to they are. <laughs> there were five of them in the shape of men with swords. Some bits of the skeletons have been replaced with wooden carvings to fix broken bones. Shai then studies the creatures, thinking that stabbing them won't work, but it seems like breaking the bones may stop them from working. As the creatures approach her, Z- Shizan covers one of them with the cloak, and then engages the second one. She stabs the creature to stop its attack, and then grabs it by the vertebrae and yanks them out. The bones uh-huh. seem to be sharpened, and one cut her forearm, but the creature collapses once the critical bones are removed. Four creatures remain, and three attack from behind her. She dodges and grabs the cloak from the one creature, and then yanks its skull off of its body by the eye sockets, getting cut by its sword and the bowling ball. <laughs> she blocks two attacks with the skull and dagger, but gets hit by the third attack. However, she had trained herself to ignore pain. She then hits one creature in the skull with the other skull, causing both skulls to shatter, and causing the third creature to fall dead. Shizen avoids attacks by the last two before kicking one away and shoving the other against the wall. She pulls out the vertebrae of the one against the wall to cause it to fall as well. She was starting to feel the blood loss, but she makes sure to keep moving, and she avoids an attack, and then headbutts the creature, causing herself to fall to her knees, but the, creature, the final creature falls. She barely keeps consciousness and then howls a chant of her adopted family before ripping her blouse to bind her wounds. So what did you think of (laughs) Shizan fighting? Uh,
1: I loved it. It was fucking awesome. (laughs) It's alright. Darkness just thinks she's full of herself, (laughs) she's really a badass. I just
0: imagine random servants down the hallway hearing this, like, howling. (laughs) (laughs) Being like, the fuck is that? Oh!
2: Damn! (laughs) The cutoff made it. Work, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so Shyzen then grabs Sue's cloak and ties the skulls of the creatures to it before continuing down the hallway until she finds the blood sealer hidden in a closet. She grabs the man by the front of his shirt and, tells-, <laughs> and tells him to go back to his swamp. And the woman writing to him ju- and that the woman writing to him just wants him home and doesn't care about the money he is making here in the capital. She says it for Shy, not for Shyzen. Shizen then stabs the man in the leg so that she has his blood, and tells him she is taking the skulls of his pets so that he can't remake them. Were you surprised that she didn't kill the blood sealer?
1: No, they, they have a thing going on, you
0: know? Do, do they?
2: Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I think he has a thing
0: going on with someone else, apparently.
2: Nope, definitely her. Well, it's more like a thing that's not going on, considering all the <laughs> letters and the way she's talking about it. I don't
0: but... know. Oh, Sounds like a long-distance relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we should talk to Jesus some more about that. Uh, he's got a long distance relationship with you. No, he
0: doesn't.
1: Yeah. He's, six, he's six foot, you're four foot. Wow, <laughs> I'm 4'11". Very long distance. Very long distance.
0: Uh, so Shaizan then makes her way towards the stables for stopping and thinking of something. She briefly tries to convince herself not to do something, but then decides to be a fool. A short time later, she makes her way to the stables and takes one of the most distinguished
1: horses.
2: Decides to be a fool.
0: <laughs> um. So... Before, so at this point, what did you think Shy was going to do before leaving?
2: I thought she was going to go see the Emperor again. I thought she was going to kill everybody. She'd blow the whole I don't remember out. what she did. Not uh,
1: either.
0: She she steals the painting back from Private's office.
1: Oh yeah 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 I do remember that okay I never <laughs> I
2: was like a solid? she does
0: yeah she yeah. has it she talks about having it in the in the epilogue.
2: Oh, I don't remember that. I know <laughs> I didn't pass out because I read the fucking next story. So
0: mm.
2: yeah, I, I pass out on the next story gonna have to re-listen to it when I got up. A... I fucking it's... love the next story. Do
0: you? I find it to be the most boring, so boring. of the whole book.
2: Really? I loved it so much. Oh, I'm glad I think you was, liked like,
0: it. I, it's like my least favorite thing. i hey, glad
1: somebody liked it.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought it was like literally everyone's least favorite thing ever.
1: I mean, what? He also Are thought, you he also, thought Warbreaker. He
2: also like... thought Warbreaker was like not well, the Well, I didn't say though.
0: everyone's. I said some people just like Warbreaker.
1: That's like
2: my second favorite character from that book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we switch back to Gautona's point of view as he speaks with Ashraven. Ashraven asks if Gautona really went to a forger to heal him, and he says they did. As he watches the Emperor, he wonders how Shai got all of the Emperor's little mannerisms correct. Ashraven says that this will be a manacle on him, but Gautona says he will suffer it. Ashraven then complains that he only keeps Gautona around because of his past service. And Gautona says that the other Arbiters will wish to see him, and he will go get them. However, before he leaves, Ashraven asks if what was wrong with him was related to his mind, not his body. Gautona worries that Shai had written into the stamp somehow, then remembers how clever Ashraven is, and that he will likely figure, had likely figured it out himself. Gautona confirms this, and Ashraven says that they are lucky they didn't ruin his mind. Gaotona then leaves the room. So what do you think of how well Shai's stamp worked on the Emperor?
2: A little too well, if i ask I was going to say, it seems like she has some experience with that,
0: huh? I mean, she has made <laughs> essence marks, but... Uh, and then on to the epilogue, day 101. We start with Frava's point of view as she listens to Ash Rabin make a speech to the assembled arbiters of the 80 factions. She wonders what backdoors Shai had put into the Emperor and had her forger Nian inspect copies of the seals, although it may take him years to fully decode everything. She thinks it was smart of Shai to destroy her notes and then sits down next to Gautona and says that the other arbiters are accepting the Emperor. Frava also says that they will need to be careful over the next few years as Shai could easily blackmail them about this. Gautona just nods distractedly, causing Fraba to think that she wishes she could get Gautona out of his spot on the Arbiters. She had been working with Eshraven for a while to poison his mind against Gautona, but Shy wouldn't have known that, so she'd have to restart her work on that now.
1: Uh, Would she not, though, though, though? It wouldn't, wouldn't she, though? Wouldn't she know all of this? <laughs> she
0: probably wouldn't have put it in there, though, if she didn't know. Um, but yeah, were you surprised that Fraba had been trying to turn Eshraven against Gautona?
2: These are like seven different fucking names in my head.
0: Were you surprised that the, the, the fucking woman- uh, ah, bitch. Uh-huh. T- turn the emperor against the nice old man.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs>
0: is that better, Darkness?
2: <laughs> yeah. Nah, she, she's like, oh my god, she's the, the, the evil stepmom.
0: <laughs> for Cinderella. She is.
2: Oh my god, this is just Cinderella in a cover-up. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Uh, were you surprised at all, Mythic?
2: No, she's a cunt.
0: <laughs> Fair.
2: I've
1: saying it from the start.
0: Gauton then <laughs> mentions how Shy escaped, and Frava replies that she will be found. But Gauton doesn't agree. He also doubts that she will blackmail them, and she will be happy enough to see her creation on the throne. Frava thinks that Gautona is naive. Gautona also mentions that the speech, uh, the speech the Emperor is giving and the way he is making the glory faction look bad is like how he was in the past, which Frava states means that he isn't perfect. He notices Gautona holding a book that she doesn't recognize, but is distracted by a servant coming to speak to her, asking if she had been in her office recently. Um, so did you, did you agree that Gautona is naive, or do you think Frava is the one who doesn't understand People well.
2: Her second thing. He clearly doesn't, because, like.
0: She thinks everyone's as fucked up as she is. <laughs> She's
2: pretty fucked <laughs> Yeah, up. and the way she, like, processed what was happening with the Emperor or whatever when he was giving the speech, I was like, Are you seeing what he's seeing? Like.
0: She's like, Oh, he's not, like, greedy and power corrupt anymore. He's obviously not perfect, and he should go back to the way he was.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not like Midnight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Greedy and corrupt.
0: Exactly, uh... and not perfect. Not
1: <laughs> yeah, four foot tall is not perfect.
0: I'm four <laughs> eleven.
1: You're still four feet.
0: I'm eleven inches more than four feet.
1: No. You're still in the four feet, like general, like you know. No, she she's just she she's only three eleven. She's trying not... to uh, up herself. Oh, up she's there. rounding up. Yeah,
0: uh huh. I start rounding back
1: up to five feet. <laughs> You're not five feet. I'm though, five. I feet. Said they... That's a state of lie. Five feet. Exactly. They're straight lying. Five feet. Nope.
0: Uh, we then switch to Shy's. point of view.
1: Maybe foot with lo- a foot-high heel.
0: We then switch to Shai's point of view as she glances back at the capital from afar. Her horse no longer looked as it had in the stables, now missing teeth and looking underfed. She has stayed the last few days in the capital's underground, using her beggar essence mark before escaping the city and getting rid of her stamp as she found, thinking like a beggar, uncomfortable. She then removes the horse's stamp, allowing it to become strong and healthy again. She also notes that the horse she had taken had been Zeus. Shai also notes that she has stolen back her forgery of the painting in Frava's office. She had left the frame cut open with a rude rune carved into the wall behind it. Next, she thinks about how she had made some specific changes to the Emperor. Shai then takes out her survivalist essence mark so that she could spend the next few months in the nearby forest until she eventually would try to track down the Imperial Fool. Before she continues off, she hopes that the Emperor will make her proud and live well. Uh, so do you think we'll ever learn if Shai catches up to Hoy or... Uh, will we ever learn why he took the Moon Scepter?
2: Eventually, but not, like... Uh, never. Yeah, we'll probably learn, but, like, I doubt it's gonna be anytime soon.
0: Mythic says never. We'll see.
2: It's like we learn the next time we start reading. <laughs> uh,
0: so we switch to Gauton's point of view as he reads the book Shy gave him later that night. The book had all of Shy's notes regarding the Emperor's soul stamp. There are no backdoors for Frava to exploit, and Shy had weakened and strengthened some of his memories in hopes of the Emperor becoming the person he could have been. Over the course of years, Ashraven would begin to introspect more, looking into his journals and indulging in feasts less and focusing more on his people. He would finally make the changes that were needed. Gautono weeps at the beauty of the masterpiece before him. He reads it late into the night, marveling over it, but knowing that no one could know what Shai did. Thus, when morning comes, he drops the book into the fire of his hearth. Uh, do you think it was right of Gautono to burn the notes?
2: Yes. I was like, read them and burn them. Read and burn them. Do you agree the knowledge will die, die with him.
0: Do you agree, Mythic?
2: Yeah, I
1: agree. Read and then burn. Yeah. Uh Also, so every you... spy movie does it.
0: Also, what do you think about Shy's changes to the Emperor?
1: They're good. Subtle, like yeah, subtle. It's it's what was needed.
0: That is the end of the Emperor's soul.
1: Thank God.
0: You didn't enjoy it.
1: I mean, I was just hoping to, hoping to get to the next one. Didn't realize how boring it was.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and the next one is not, huh? No, I really no, like the other
1: one. I next one's boring as shit. So
0: I really liked The Emperor's Soul. <laughs> a lot of people say it's like Brandon's best work. I don't fully agree with that. I like I I don't some either. stuff. Others. What do you I like think some his stuff
1: best better? work is Midnight? What do you think his best work is, Midnight?
0: Ah, uh, I'd say most of Stormlight is written better than Emperor's Soul. You think
1: Stormlight is better? Oh God.
0: Yeah. I also like um as a store. Like I think a lot of people say Emperor's Soul is his best work just because he does a lot of more like metaphors and like. I don't. I don't know. People say like the writing itself is better, but I like. I, I like the plots of other stuff better, and I like the. Um,
2: I like the world taste. building
0: of Stormlight a lot. I would. Yeah, we
2: gotta, we if got a there was a, a book. taste. If there was a book, I don't know if there is about like just this. There's not. Correct. I would. I would put it below Lanchers.
0: <laughs> would you?
2: Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I think I would put it below everything actually. Really, it's your twice. least favorite so far. I. Yeah, I think so. Like, I like the character. Like, the character is one of, like, my favorites.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, when we finish all, all the these books, <laughs> when we finish all
1: these books, we should do a tier list. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I do want to do I, I have kind of been asking you at the end of each book, like, oh, how do you rank? Wait, work? would
1: you rank this? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. We should do a tier list, though, at the end of
2: the... But, all of these books. Be mm-hmm. like, I I like the Emperor, and I like the main character, as long as she's the Scholar one. <laughs> but that's about it.
0: All right. Going into The Hope of Elantris, Darkness's favorite, Mythic's least favorite. Uh, so we start oh. with Rowden's point of view. As Ash tells him that Serene says she will be a bit late for dinner, and it's Rowden's fault since she is pregnant. Rowden was currently in his palace in Elantris, the walls glowing faintly and thus needing no other light sources. He also thinks about how easily he can turn garbage into food now, and how no one will ever starve in Aerilon. Rowden then asks Ash asks <laughs> what he has been doing just before Elantris had been restored. Ash then begins to tell his story. Uh, so what oh, do you think oh, about Rowden and Serenny's new life now that Rel- Elantris is restored? They're like, living there, Sereni's pregnant.
2: That's crazy. Was first kid? I want to see the child's birth. <laughs> Which will never happen, but you know. Uh,
0: I don't know, because there's going to be an Elantris 2 and Elantris 3 at some point. That is... I Oh, remember. right,
2: because of the crossovers? You're right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because uh, I think Brandon has specifically stated that he's planning to write Elantris 2 before he writes Stormlight 6. So well, yeah, they sleep...
2: have to, because of the crossover. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. A lot of crossovers.
0: Yeah, possible. Uh, so we then move to Matisse's point of view. And she notes that her job in Elantris is to take care of the children, even before Spirit had required everyone to have a job. A young boy named Tior asks if they can stay up late tonight, but Matisse replies that they always go to bed at this time. Another young boy named Teal replies that something is happening as all the adults are drawing Aeons. Matisse looks out the windows of the building where the 50 children are kept and sees that the other adults are indeed drawing Aeons, and that Teal is right, that something is going on. Matisse then tells Teon that he can stay up if he practices Aeons with the adults, but he and Teal both don't want to do that, so they go back to their beds. Matisse then begins to wander through the children's beds to make sure they're sleeping when a young girl named Rika says she can't sleep. Apparently, Rika used to have a seon before she had been taken by the shroud, and she could rarely sleep well when asking about it. He tells the girl to go back to sleep, then finishes her rounds before going over to another teenager who is standing by the window named Edotris. He asks why they're practicing aeons, and Matisse replies that there is power behind them, although Edotris calls them useless. So, what do you think about the teenagers being in charge of the children? They're holograms, they do they?
2: The aliens don't age, do they?
0: No, I don't believe they age.
2: So, are they teenagers?
0: I mean, yeah, they might not be. It depends how long they've been in there for.
2: I mean, it's nothing new. That happens a lot in different, like, books and movies and stuff, so. Yeah, hierarchy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure, let's put it like that. Mm -hmm. No, it is a
1: hierarchy. The younger, the older you get, the, the higher you are in that hierarchy.
0: Uh, so Matisse heads out, thinking that unlike most of the others, she had found being an Atlantrian advantageous, as she had used to be a beggar before being taken by the Shoud. She no longer had to beg for food, and the cold didn't bother her, even if the cut on her cheek still burned like the day she got it. She had yeah, also I, know, got...
1: I, I know this, this is boring, because I can barely remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> she had Damn. also
0: gotten a father figure in New Atlantris, Dash. Dash and Katara both acted as paternal parent, uh, figures towards the children. But he seemed to have a special affection for Matisse and had objected when she started calling him father one day. Matisse notes that Dash is upset that Spirit isn't here, and Dash replies that he shouldn't be chasing her after Serene, and that the outside world doesn't matter to them. Matisse overhears Galadon mentioning adding the Chasm line to Aeons, which she is confused by.
2: Oh. Dash mentions
0: how he isn't sure how scholars missed a whole line on every Aeon, that Spirit thinks the Aeons will work now that, this, that they've added this line. Uh, so, what do you think about Galadon uh, teaching the other adults these uh, how to draw these aeons with the chasm line? Awesome.
2: Hmm? All right. Well, chasm. Right. Chasm. She says, uh, chasm. So Sorry. She
1: says it. So grand. you need English
2: classes, huh? Shut
0: up. Anyways, uh, Ashlyn shows up and asks for Katara, to which Dash replies that she, <laughs> that she is in the library. Just moving on, because you guys make fun of me. <laughs> Matisse wonders what library he is talking about. Ash then says he will tell favorite. Dash the information instead, that there is a shipment of weapons coming as Serenae wants new Elantris to be prepared as tensions are rising outside of Elantris. Dash replies that he will gather his men to go get the shipment, Matisse then asks if she can borrow Ash for a moment. We skip time a bit to Ash finishing a story to a now-sleeping Rika. Apparently Ash's story had helped a lot of the children go to sleep. Matisse then leads Ash Shocker.
1: back- Shocker. It's almost as if it's boring.
0: Wow. Matisse wow. leads Ash back outside and apologizes for taking up so much of his time. Ash says he is happy to restore stories to a child again and that he expects that if spirit can fix the Aeons and the city, Matisse will one day have her own Aeon as well. Moresh then calls out to Matisse, coming over to her and asking where her father is. Matisse replies that he is training his men with the sword and Moresh mentions that he can't find Galadon either. He mentions how sometimes Galadon and Karada disappear, leaving him in charge but not telling him where they go. Matisse wonders if it's related to the library Dash mentioned. Suddenly, they hear shouts coming from the front of new Elantris. Ash zips off, and one of the adults who supervises the children, Tide, comes out and says he'll check out what's happening. Yodotris tries to get Tide not to leave them alone, uh, but he still goes. Yodotris then tries to go after Tide, but Matisse says they need to wake the children as they are the only two teenagers left. The others have gone back to their houses. As Yodotris goes back inside to wake the children, Matisse goes to a storage room to get some lanterns. What do you think of Matisse's gut instinct to wake the children and get lanterns?
2: What do we think of Matisse? What?
0: Her her like gut instincts of like waking the children up when she heard all the shouting and stuff.
2: Well she protects the children, so it makes sense she knows how, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Mateo something. protects the children.
0: Yeah. Did you say Mateo? Matteo. Yep, Matteo.
1: Mateo, Mateo? Mateo <laughs> protects the children.
0: Interesting. Oh wow. <laughs> I didn't know she was suddenly Italian.
2: Matteo. I didn't know she was a man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wait, can you whoa, really whoa. tell?
1: Are we? Are, yeah. Are we? Are we? Are we, are we gendering fucking names now? <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, Ash then returns, glowing only dimly, and tells Matisse that Fjordals have attacked New Atlantis and they are searching the buildings. Matisse hurries back towards the roost, stating that they need to get the children to the dirty part of the city to hide them better. He then tells I didn't know Ash. know Yordles
1: were part of this world. I didn't know Yordles were part of this world. I they were just. I thought they were just in the uh, League of Legends. What? Oh, <laughs>
2: your
0: I don't play League of Legends. I don't know what you're talking about. I know.
2: I know. I was thinking that. more like Norse mythology shit. <laughs> For some reason, my York mind went to
0: Yorkies, people? like the dog breed.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where's the York? Wait, are there Yorkies <laughs> in this book?
1: Did I miss that?
0: <laughs> yeah, you did. Because you fell asleep.
1: Yeah, twice. I'm sure. Yeah. Every, um, ta- every time Ash talks about his past, I'm like,
0: wow. Oh. So she then tells Ash to go find her father and let him know what she is planning. Once back inside, she sees the children sleepily getting their shoes on. And she approaches Teal and Tior, asking that they help her with the youngest children to keep them moving and quiet. She tells them it's an emergency and that she is in charge because her father is a soldier and they can be her sub-captains. sub-captains. begins to. Yep. Matisse then begins to herd the children outside and Adolterus approaches her, asking what is going on. Matisse oh, tells him oh. that New Elantris is being attacked and they need to run. She lights the lanterns and hands one to Idotris. Idra- I keep not to read his name as Idiot.
1: I like Idiot better than
0: it's Okay. His name is so close to Idiot, and I feel bad.
1: I mean, that's, just, that's his parents' fault,
2: right?
0: It is his parents' fault.
2: I think I read it as Idiot once, too.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
2: Wait, they didn't say Idiot at all, right?
0: No, they no, didn't.
2: Adonis
1: okay, <laughs> then, yeah, I read it Adonis. as Idiot once. Yeah, Idonis, yeah.
0: Uh, they make their way towards the edge of New Atlantis until Matisse suddenly hears a language she doesn't recognize.
1: Mateo.
0: She turns to see New Atlantis on fire and three men in red coming towards them. Matisse tells the children to run and suddenly Ash appears spinning around the soldiers' heads to try to distract them. As they're distracted Dash attacks from out of an alleyway. She shouts the, for the children to move and Adotris begins to lead them away slowly. Matisse staying at the back as she watches Dash fight. She can wants to... say
1: he, You can almost say they dashed in.
0: <laughs> he did dash in. Uh, she wants to yeah, help, he but dash... That
1: dash action for sure.
0: <laughs> she wants to help, but Dash turns to her and tells her to run. Just as a sword is stabbed through his chest and he collapses from the pain.
1: Bye bye.
0: Uh, so, did you expect them to uh, kill Dash in a way that would prevent him from being brought back when Elantris was restored?
2: Yeah, he has. He had a low armor class. So no, I was in the him? moment. I completely forgot that. Um, you they know. come back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're just expecting him to be dead, dead.
2: I was like, he's a hood? I, he's gone.
0: <laughs> you expecting him to be dead dead mythic?
2: Honestly, I don't like I said I don't barely remember any of this, so I don't okay. remember what I was thinking at this point. <laughs> he's um he's along with the experience right now too. Uh
0: Matisse then tells Ash to go to Adotris and have him turn off his lantern and lead the Idiot. children and lead the children to the library where Galadon and Karada are. She then begins to draw an Aeon in the air, causing the soldiers to pause. They begin to advance as Matisse finishes Aeon Ash, but then she adds the Chasm line that she is chasm line what? that she'd seen uh, Galadon demonstrate, and suddenly the Aeon glows brightly in their faces, causing them to stumble back. Tis grabs her lantern and runs, the soldiers following her because of her lantern and not noticing the children moving nearby in the dark. Did you expect that all of the children were going to be safe, or did you think that some of them were going to get attacked here?
2: No, I figured. I figured they would make it, especially with, um, what was it, Ash? Ash? Mm. Was it Ash? Yeah, it was Ash. Yeah, ass. Yeah. Little, like, light orb. Yeah, Ash. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes. especially with her guiding them.
0: Ash is a guy, I'm pretty sure.
2: Nah. Oh, right. They, they, don't, they don't have a gender.
0: gender
2: no, right? It's weird that they do have a gender. Like, why is there a gender yeah, to They always reply
0: to, to Ash as he, and I think they've mentioned a Seon being a she
2: before. I mean,
1: before. It's, the same, it's the same thing as, what, what were those things called in, like, in uh, the last the book we just read?
2: Yeah, uh, It's just like them. They don't it have genders. Yeah, but know? like, what's different about them that makes them like, what? Yeah, with, I guess what, the way what, they, what they, like... I what think it's just a their a self-identity.
0: Brightness. They have a gender, but they don't yeah. have a sex. Yeah, I was,
2: I was gonna okay. say, I guess the way they identify, right? but I uh, think
0: it might also be their voice. Like, he probably has a masculine voice.
2: Okay, but, like, men can have feminine voices. I know, but I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that's, exactly. that's probably
0: why they mostly refer to him as a guy as well. Wow.
1: I don't
2: know, bro. That shit is trippy. Ash is <laughs> a they-them for all I know. Ash is a fucking ball of light, and that's all <laughs> i Uh, gonna so I like, was... I was... hmm? I always thought about it, like, what if I just, like, stick a torch up, like, or, like, a thing to, like, place light in, and just let them sit on it? <laughs> just, like, swing it around. You know, I mean, it makes me think about how long ago was this book written?
1: Oh,
0: uh, Arcadian Bandit or that. Elantris?
1: We'll go with whichever one was, like, the furthest back, because. Furthest I mean, back? I'm pretty oh, sure God.
0: Elantris was, like, 2003?
1: 2003? Man, well, I was burned into all, all, all before the boom. Of, 2005. You know, like 2005. Oh, okay. yeah. Before the boom of all this, so like it, it just it shocks me that like they're so I guess uh, what's the word uh, inclusive in certain things. Hmm. Yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for my gay uh gay lovers because
2: you know. Yeah, sure. I don't have high hopes, but you don't there, have high there, hopes. There's no? a
0: there's a there's if several... it's like.
2: Hmm? A cameo that's like queer baiting. And I'm like leaving.
0: <laughs> no, there's there's um there's uh two guys who get married in Stormlight Archive. They're not like the main character, but they're like close friends of the, one of the main characters.
2: How long they're... do they last in the story? Uh, I think are they, they, they just mentioned. I instantly, instantly in the I do, I
0: do, well? No, they they I think they might still be alive.
2: Are they mentioned car- only?
0: They they're. I mean, the one guy, as I said, he's a he's a close friend of one of the main characters so he's but are quite, they quite a only bit they, mentioned... they do mention his husband quite a few times like
2: oh so they mentioned the husband the, hus-
0: oh, the husband's okay. like hangs around with them and stuff
1: i think darkness i think you're <laughs> right it's gonna be like a queer beat yeah, for it sure. is. they're like oh you know we gotta add this no, one thing we'll in see. so that we'll the gays see. are like us
0: there, there is also a there's also a very brief uh oh no actually miss era 2 though as well has some lesbians who are pretty prominently featured
2: wait vin vin's in there
0: no, <laughs> I would have be
2: surprised, bro, if Vin had, like, the, like, the, like, you know, s- mm, the environment to be comfortable enough. I would be surprised if she was, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a like, lesbian like couple in Miss Bornero too. I feel like Vin has
1: a lot of bi energy, to be honest.
2: Yes!
0: <laughs> one, of, one of the um main characters from Stormlight... um. A lot of people said that the way Brandon wrote her gives her a lot of bi energy, and so Brandon's like, yeah, sure, she can be bi. I didn't mean for her to be bi, but she can be bi.
2: (laughs) Sure, I still married her to a guy, but you know. can be bi herself by the end of the book.
0: There also is an uh, aromantic character in uh, Stormlight.
2: Oh, for you, wonderful. I'm
0: asexual, not aromantic. (laughs) She's the opposite of me. Wonderful. Uh, there, there is a very brief cameo of a trans person as well in Stormlight, but that one's very much like
2: brief a very cameo. small men-
0: mention. Yeah, they're like not a main yeah. character in any way. Oh wait, I think there's that's... also going to be another gay relationship in Stormlight Five that's been hinted.
2: I, we have to wait how many fucking books for that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, it, uh... at least
2: we get something, you know?
0: Yeah, you get stuff. Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, as Mateus runs, she finds fatigue coming over her quick. Just as she thinks she may have lost them, they surround her and grab her arm. Matisse drops her lantern, causing the soldier-, the soldier to stumble, but she holds firm. Matisse then falls, kicking out at the soldier's leg and causing him to slip in the sludge and fall into one of his companions. Matisse had twisted her ankle in the fall, but she manages to limp away and find she'd ended up going in a circle, now back to where Dash lay on the ground, repeating over and over for Matisse to run in his Hoed chant. Uh, so what do you think about Matisse's plan to get the soldiers away from the children and then her plan to escape from the soldiers?
2: Well, she protects the children. Like I said, it's
1: her job.
0: Yeah, Mateo's great. (laughs) Yeah, Mateo's best character, Mythic? I
1: don't know about best character, but definitely (laughs) it's
0: great. Uh, Matisse falls to her knees next to her father as the soldiers that she had knocked over find her. One of the soldiers grabs her by her shoulder and demands to know where the other children went, although Matisse replies that she doesn't know. The soldier insists that she tell him and holds a knife out towards her. Suddenly the ground begins to shake and a burst of light comes from the perimeter of the city. Matisse begins to feel warm, and the soldier notes that the cut on her cheek has healed. He seems confused, but says he can still hurt her. She begins to wiggle free as, uh, yes, yeah, she begins to wiggle free, and as she starts to comprehend that what Ash had said about the Elantrians coming back had been true, then a voice says that if Matisse was healed, so was he. Dash attacks the soldier with the very sword that had impaled him. Matisse cries and embraces Dash as she sees her father glowing like a god. Dash urgently asks where the other children are, and Matisse says that she kept them safe as that was her job. Uh, so were you happy that Dash came back to life?
2: I do not really care about him.
0: Wow. <laughs> what did you think, Mythic? Were you happy Dash was alive? Oh
2: how, how old is Mythies in this? She's a Fair. teenager.
0: I think she's like 15 or something. Okay. But we don't know how long she's been 15, but she's 15. Because <laughs> she said she's two years younger than Indotris, and I think he's like 17 or something.
2: But yeah, I didn't really care about that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you care about Dash, Mythic?
2: Yeah, I don't really care about any of these people. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we then go back to Rowden's point of view, as he asks what did happen with the children. Ash replies that he brought them to the library, although Corada and Galadon had already left. He stayed with them to keep them calm. Rowden had apparently...
2: Hmm? I'm sorry, but that's the library with the pool of water in it, right?
0: So the pool of water is not in the library. You have to go out a back entrance of the library, and then you go up a mountain.
2: Right! And that's where the pool of water is. I was like, in my head, I was like, I don't remember if it's there. But like, what did they fall in <laughs>
0: No, the the library is just in the basement of the, the church. They'd have to go through the back entrance and then up a fucking mountain. Mm.
2: <laughs> Ash is secretly evil. She's like guiding them <laughs> to the fucking pool. yes yeah, so He? Ash... He? Mm-hmm. He? He. Uh, he. He.
0: Ash is a he. Expect his pronouns, darkness.
2: I forget.
0: Um, but yeah, so apparently Ash has stayed with them to keep them calm. Rowden had apparently given two seons without masters to dash for his help defending the city, and Dash had given one of them to Matisse. Ash tells Rowdon that Matisse ended up with a Seon with the Ao with the Aeon AO, meaning bravery. So what did you think of Matisse getting her own Seon in the end?
2: It was cool. Low-key, I did expect her to get the one that's similar to her name. The one that's in her name.
0: Atty, yeah.
2: hmm. But it's cool that she didn't get that one, because, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the une- unexpected, I guess.
0: Right, so that was the end of the hope of Atlantis. what did you guys think of the two stories uh darkness you said that one you liked hope of Atlantis over emperor's soul
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: i think i'm assuming it was the opposite for you you liked emperor's no,
1: soul no they're more? both boring they're both boring i don't know if okay <laughs> i mean i like the <laughs> ending i like the galaxy. ending of whatever the fuck uh, Emperor's Soul, but yeah. uh the rest of it was pretty boring i mean nothing um, nothing is as good as war breakers i so. see
0: also, do you, are you guys hoping that there'll eventually be more stories in different areas of Cell in the future? Because we know there's at least one other area besides the Rose Empire and the area with the Lantris. Are you interested uh-huh. in that at all?
2: I mean, sure. More lore. How many places wear the red, uh, like, armor?
0: The red armor is from Fjordal.
2: Right. Okay.
0: They're the Bone People um Also, uh considering, as I mentioned, there's going to be, I think, at least two other Elantris books, are you interested in those or are you not that interested in the future Elantris books?
2: Depends how it's made.
0: <laughs> depending what the plot is.
2: Yeah, like, if it's, like, next generation type of shit, I'll be like, ah, alright, I guess.
0: What do you think, Mythic? Are you interested in any future Elantris books or not really?
2: Oh, Elantris is boring as shit.
0: <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're moving on to the Skadrian system next then. Yeah. yes two short stories of the skadrian system i've already posted in the chat which ones we're doing but first i'm going to live read the skadrian system uh essay uh and i've also reposted the um star chart for you guys if you want to look at that uh so the inner system here is basically empty save for the planet skadriel which is fortuitous considering the vast changes the system has undergone because of the influence of its shards The remarkable thing about Skadriel is how well humankind has flourished on it, despite these repeated cataclysms. Surely, other planets in the Cosmere have seen worse disasters, but none of them will you find a thriving, technologically advanced society as exists on Skadriel. Indeed, I am convinced that without the Lord Ruler's oppression of technology on the planet for a thousand years, Skadriel would have eclipsed all others in scientific learning and progress, all on its own, without the interaction between societies we enjoy in Silverlight." Schedule, although another dishardic planet, is characterized by a host of unique features. It is one of only two places in the Cosmere where humankind does not predate the arrival of shards. Indeed, I am convinced from my studies that the planet itself did not exist before its shards, ruin, and preservation arrived in the system. They picked a star with no relevant planets in orbit, specifically choosing this location because it was empty, so they could place there whatever they wished. Yes, the shards undoubtedly used humans from Yolen as a model. Indeed, both of the vessels for these shards were human before their ascensions, in creating life. Because of this, the flora and fauna on Skadriel are very similar to what you'll find on Yolen. The non-fane parts, of course. It is also very similar to Yolen in size and gravitation, both being exactly at 1.0 Cosmere Standard. Though the shards created this planet together, it quickly became the symbol of and prize in their conflict. To speak on the personalities of the vessels themselves, it is not my field of expertise. Better to approach one of my colleagues who specializes in pre-shattering biography and history, rather than an arcanist. I can say, however, that their conflict is manifested directly in the ways that investiture is used on Skadriel. This is a powerful magic, and one where humans themselves have often had access to grand bursts of strength. I would challenge one to identify another planet, save only Roshar, where one can find such strength of investiture so commonly in the hands of mortals. Periodically, throughout Skadriel's history, a man or woman gained access to vast amounts of power, with incredible effects. The most obvious evidence of this is the fact that the star charts Dune had so kindly provided list two orbits for Skadriel. The planet was literally moved at various points by individuals wielding immense amounts of investiture. As an aside, this has wrecked havoc with trying to understand historical calendars on the planet. I have written much about the magics of this planet. Indeed, I could fill entire volumes with my thoughts on alamancy, Ferrochemy, and Hemology. I maintain, however, that the one of these with the largest potential impact on the Cosmere is Hemology. Used by any, usable by anyone with the right knowledge, this dangerous creation has proven able to warp souls regardless of planet or investiture, creating false connections that no shard designed or intended. Though the planetary system is rather boring, Skadriel itself has proven intriguing time and time again. This is despite the fact that humans used to live on relatively small portion of the planet. A fact that began to change once the extreme environments of the final empire were removed. From the adaptations, both forced and unforced, of the humans living on her, to the vast transformations of landscape during her different eras, Skadriel remains my favorite planet for scholarly study in the Cosmere. The interactions of her magics with natural physics and multitude varied, and fascinating. What do you think of the fact that Skadriel would be the most technologically advanced civilization if not for the Lord Ruler?
2: Well, makes sense, considering where we know it's headed.
0: Mm-hmm. It also gives you um, a bit of insight into where the, any other technology may be in other worlds. Although, yeah. not fully, because they could be past where Skadriel is currently, but that's only because of the Lord Ruler. Did you have any thoughts about that, Mythic?
1: Uh, like Darkness said, it makes sense. Or ruler did a lot of you know a lot of shit. So he's a very smart person due to his uh his past dealings. Uh
0: what did you guys also think about the fact that Ruin and Preservation created their planet and the humans on it?
2: I didn't know how far back they were on that planet. I assumed they were like natural forces in general. But I didn't know like I figured they were like I figured the planet was there before them, so it's kind of weird to picture them that like, you know, they're the ones.
0: Yeah, it also says specifically they chose this solar system, so like, the Shards apparently could have gone anywhere in the universe, and they chose this solar system specifically to create their own planet.
2: Well, they do have a presence, right?
0: What do you mean by they have a presence?
2: Like a, like a, you know how, um, they're built of like three different things?
0: Oh, the the physical, cognitive, and spiritual? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I'm assuming the cognitive took part of like where they're gonna like you know go.
0: Hmm.
2: They they know they need like a star for life. So pick the best one for what they want. Yeah.
0: Do you have any extra thoughts about them creating the planet and choosing their solar system mythic? Like, did you think that they had been able to choose where to go? Or...
1: I mean, they're gods, so
0: <laughs> they're shards Whatever. of a god.
2: Nah, they're they're gods. Um, is this like? Is this like? Shards from different gods, or like shards from one big god that they we are
0: shards of Adolnesium. That's aspects. what we got from the Celish uh, essay.
2: So it's just all one big like.
0: They're all thing. shards of Adolnesium, Fotion, dominion, endowment, <laughs> preservation, ruin. Those it's are all
2: like different. It's like split personalities of one big like cosmic being.
0: <laughs> How many uh, shards do you think there are? Aliens.
2: Well, there's if if let's let's say we're going with that theory, there's gonna be as many shards as like. Wait.
0: You guys should know the number.
2: 16. Yeah.
1: There's it's 16, six- shards. Yeah, it's 16. Yeah. 16 shards. 16 shards, because 16 pieces of metal, but then technically there's 18 metals. As, uh, no, but uh, like,
2: 16 uh, is the one number that well, keeps if, getting used because if you things. remember yeah, from the Hero of Ages
0: uh, epigraphs, uh, Saizd Harmony says that um, Pre- Preservation used the number 16, not just because it was important for Schedule, but because it was important in the universe.
2: Yeah.
0: At greater meaning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There are 16 shards. You guys now know five of them.
2: There are 16 gods. Mm-hmm. 16 shards.
0: 16 shards of Adonisium.
2: Yeah, but like each shard doesn't like correspond to a god?
0: Yeah, sure. basically. They're a shard of Adalnasium. So yeah. Preservation, Ruin, Devotion, Dominion, and Endowment. Those are the five we've
2: mm. met. We've met them? Well. Yeah.
1: I mean, like you've hand. Where's Harmony?
0: Harmony is Preservation and Ruin together. So technically there's 15 now.
2: Yeah. So now there's not. <laughs> so <laughs> so so like not as there as there are like sixteen now. metals, and then there's the fusions of like some metals that we still don't know. That's how like some gods are.
1: <laughs> much.
0: My next question was, what do you think about the fact that the shards create humans based on humans from Yolan? So they kind of imply here how humans are from a planet called Yolan, uh, and apparently the humans on Skagriel are not Yolan-based humans. They are. Like, created in the image of Yolan based humans.
1: The better ones, like us. Yeah.
0: So, I believe every other planet with human, their descendants are from Yolan. So, everyone from Elantris, everyone from Warbreaker, all Yolan ancestry. Way back, yeah. way back.
2: They don't feel that different, though.
0: Well, they're not, because they they made them
1: to be, like, the same person. In the much. image.
2: Yeah, yeah, in the image.
1: So, it doesn't matter. Image <laughs> of gods.
0: I believe uh, Brandon has also said that Yolan is the most. Earth-based, Earth-like planet. So, like, when they say that there's similar flora and fauna to Yolan, it means there's basically, like, they have similar plants and animals to what we would consider normal in real life.
1: You mean this isn't real life? Damn. I <laughs> hoping I could become an Elantrian. Man. I know, right? It'd be boring for Uncle us. Don, I forgot my metal mines. I'll be right back. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I already I am already an ATM missing, so um,
2: gotta
1: collect everything, you know? <laughs>
0: Also, what do you guys think about pre-shattering? Because the person writing these epigraphs kind of says, or these uh, essays kind of says, like I'm not, I'm not a, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know much about the original vessels of the shards, ruin and preservation. You'd have to ask someone about who specializes in like pre-shattering history.
2: But I'm assuming that's like before the shards of Adonaisium or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like.
0: And it was just the one ejected,
2: god. I guess.
0: <laughs> the one all-powerful god.
1: It's me. No, just... Oh, so, it's just so, like... So this goes by uh, one god system? Got it.
0: Now it's 16 or 15.
1: Well, so no. is this you okay, confirming the thing that I god, had? Or... One large god with 16 uh, shards of it.
0: Uh. So yeah, so what what you guys know so far, basically what you can get from this information is there, there was a single god named Adalnasium. We don't know if there's anyone else out there, but all of the gods that we are focusing on, that all these books are focusing on, are shards of Adalnasium. Adonisium was shattered. Gotcha. You don't know how or why or when.
1: There was a, there was a big war with a bunch of other gods, and you know they lost.
0: They also specify specifically that both of the original vessels of rune preservation were human, which does imply that some shards might not have been humans. The vessels.
1: Interesting. Now we have aliens, monsters, awesome.
2: Well, technically, aren't they all?
1: Are they all human? I was gonna say
2: aliens, but
0: <laughs> they're all yeah, they're all te- oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I guess the humans t- from Skagirl are technically yeah.
0: aliens because they were born yeah, on that planet. Aliens. Yeah, <laughs>
2: they're, they're the only
0: aliens. non-aliens.
2: But they're gonna get to become aliens pretty soon anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, they might once they uh, they get get some some rocket. Ship once they technology. go room
2: in space. Yeah,
1: <laughs> in space.
0: Or if they figured out how to travel like Hoid does.
1: Have you ever have you ever noticed like Star Trek and all that shit? Where, like they don't they don't claim that. They're, they themselves are aliens. I have not. everyone else. Everything, everything else around us? Yeah. Is a, everything is aliens
2: except them? Like, no, you're, once you're off going your going planet, to other people's you are planet. the alien. <laughs> I, if I ever get to leave the planet, I'm gluing, like, green antennas onto my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you going to paint yourself green, too? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh goodness. I, unfortunately, I'm not the right size, so that would be Midnight's job. Oh, yeah, wow. totally, yeah. Because have to be little green aliens, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> So I have two more questions. Uh, First of all, what do you think about how readily available the magic is on Skadrial compared to other planets, excluding Roshar, apparently? So they say that um, Skadrial has one of the most easily accessible magic systems, uh, excluding Roshar. Uh, And for your reference, Roshar is the planet that Stormlight Archive takes place on.
2: It's kind (laughs) of... Well, Stormlight Archive,
1: the one that you were saying, we're going to have a bunch of fucking people who are depressed. Oh, yeah. Oh, so sure. oh, okay,
2: great. Oh. A bunch like of Storm people who what?
0: Depression! It's depression time! Oh. There's the sad boy. Everyone's favorite oh, sad great. boy.
2: Anyway. <laughs> well, it makes sense, because hemallergy is kind of made for that, right?
0: Yeah, that that was actually goes into my next question, which is basically what do you think about the implications of hemology on the rest of the Cosmere? Because they basically say that anyone with basically any magic system could use Oh my heme god!
2: What if you stab someone with a what? different what? magic <laughs> system? I think you'd take their shit with hemorrhagy. Yeah.
0: I think as long as you know the right places, like, you could probably steal breasts from people. Oh my god! I'm gonna carry metal
2: spikes everywhere I go now. You just see me, like, you just see me on the news with, like, metal spikes everywhere. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Yeah, do you you think in, like, future books where there's more crossovers, do you think we're gonna start seeing, like, people hemorrhagically taking powers from other planets?
2: Yeah, especially in the tournament, you know.
0: <laughs> the tournament. <laughs> what do you think, Mythic?
2: The cosmic war. I think about what. Sorry. Uh,
0: about the implications of hemology and the rest of the cosmic. Like, do you think we're gonna be seeing in future books where there's like farther in the future, like in the like cosmos future, like people with like taking other powers hemologically, not just like yes, powers. Yes, hundred percent. All right.
1: Hundred percent.
0: That was all of my questions about the Skadrian system. Uh, so yeah, next time we are reading all of the 11th Metal, uh, and then we are reading, starting on Mistborn's Secret History, we're reading uh, all the way through to Part 2, Chapter 2, because what's really annoying is they restart the chapter numbers every part, so we're reading two chapters of Part 1 and two chapters of Part 2.
2: Because
0: <laughs> hey. I don't know why that work- it works that way, instead of being 1, 2, and then Part 2 is Chapters three and four but yeah so we're reading four chapters of secret history uh and the all the 11th metal and i've got the time codes in there for mythic to skip over alamancer jack so make sure you don't read alamancer jack uh darkness
2: okay read only alamancer jack no (laughs) yeah good good idea
0: yeah you guys excited for some more skedriel
2: who the fuck is skedriel
0: it's the fucking planet Stop <laughs> being an asshole! <laughs> you know what
2: Skadriel right, is. The Skadriel? what the fuck? I don't know what she's talking about. either
1: skadrail? I don't know.
0: I call it skadrail.
1: I don't know. I just assumed it's skaw or from skadrail.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think I think uh Mistborn Secret History is one of the. B. It's a like a really good story. It's got a lot of, a lot more like Cosmere lore in it. So you guys will enjoy that. Okay. Disgusting. <laughs> So yeah, so that is the end of the podcast this week. It was a bit shorter. And we'll hopefully have you around for the next episode. Bye.
1: Bye.